Welcome in to episode number nine of the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast. I'm Chad Noonan. The Hall of Fame, the voting is open right now. All the nominees are up on our website. All the info on nominees, whether you're looking for bios or more information on somebody you didn't know before now, it's all up on our social medias. It's very, very exciting. There's all kinds of stuff going on right now with the Hall of Fame. And I got a very big episode for you today. I just came back from the Canadian Screen Awards, uh, which was super, super cool. So I have a couple little short interviews from some of the uh, winners in the comedy categories. Also, Simon Rakoff is on the program. Simon is here to talk about his dear friend, his dear late friend, Joanna Downey, who was a, a Canadian legend and is nominated this year in the performers category for the 2022 class of the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame. Like I mentioned, if you want to see more about those nominees and if you want to vote, CanadianComedyHallOfFame.com. Click on the Donate Now button, become a lifetime member, and vote. So as I mentioned, I came back from the Canadian Screen Awards. I uh, did press there for the Hall of Fame covering all the comedy categories, and it, it was super fun. So I have a couple clips from, from some interviews that, that were happening in the press room, from some of the questions I asked. The first clip I have here is of Gene Yoon. Gene, of course, plays Uma on Kim's Convenience, one of the great Canadian sitcoms of all time. And, and I asked Gene what that family atmosphere like, what that family dynamic was like on set. Yeah, I mean, uh, both Paul and I really, you know, have done so many days on other sets as as dailies. So we really went out of our way to make sure everybody was comfortable, whether they were on for just a day or whether they were, they were, um, like in, in Andrew Fung's case, he was like sort of relatively new to 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 TV versus say improv, and. Um, yeah, we were just really, we re went out of our way to make sure that everyone was really comfortable and really, really um, welcomed. And and uh, the cast, everybody was all really good people. So I, for one, am really now really tight with Andrea Bang. Um, she's lived at my place for a few months, at, you know, because I've got a, a, an extra room and I visit her in Vancouver and I feel like, not so much like a t like I, I call her my TV daughter, but I feel like she's like she's one of my best friends now. And Paul, I knew for years and years before we ever did Kim's. Um, so there was that. Yeah, it was really uh, it was really fun to work on on set. Like this, the mood was always great. We had really great people. I miss them. Jean was nominated for that Best Actress Award five previous times, finally winning this year in 2022. Congratulations to Jean. And her co-star won the Best Actor Award, Paul Sun Young Lee, who is a, an amazing guy. He, he got emotional when, when accepting this award uh, and mentioned in his speech about what Kim's Convenience means to him. Uh, I had a great little exchange with Paul. Paul's a huge Star Wars fan, and he's actually in the book of Boba Fett on Disney Plus. Um, and he had Star Wars stuff all behind him on Zoom. So here's a little bit of that exchange uh, that I had with Paul, the Canadian Screen Awards, best actor winner at the Canadian Screen Awards. Hey, Paul, con congratulations on your win tonight. And you should, you should also get a, a, an award for coolest uh, Zoom background uh, that we've seen so far. So thank you. Um, well, you know, awesome. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I was uh, I was talking to Andrew last week, and we talked a lot about uh, Andrew Fung, of course. And we were talking a lot about improv 
Um, and of course, you have uh, roots in improv with, with shows you've done in, in, in the past. Can you talk about uh, kind of improv on the set and what that was like working with uh, some great improvisers during the show? Well, I mean, one of the things that's about improv, what it teaches you is to be present and to be always listening and to be in the moment. And when you work with the best, it it, it always just elevates your game. And I feel completely blessed to have been, to, to share so many scenes with so many fantastic performers, you know? And the, the, the fact that it was always sort of open for us to to have a little bit of leeway, as long as, we, as, long as the, the, you know, for most of it, we stuck to script. But at the end, we were always allowed to play a little bit. And that's what I live for, because those little unexpected moments where really you try to make the crew and you, the other actors laugh, I think, was was always the best because it was like you did a lot of the heavy lifting, but there were really, really wonderful moments that you discovered through play. And I think there's something intrinsically wonderful about that when you're doing a comedy that you're not so slavish to the beats and to the moments that you have those moments of discovery. And some of them are accidental, accidental, wonderful discoveries. Other ones are just like, you're just sort of farting around and something hits, you're like, oh my God, that's really great. And that opens the scene up. And there are times when you're banging your head against the wall going, why is this working? Why is this working? And then you free yourself up to play and suddenly the answer becomes readily apparent. But that speaks to as well, the strength of the writing, the strength of the directing and the performers too, because I think I stood on the shoulders of giants throughout this entire thing. I mean, you're only as good as your scene mate. And really, uh, if, if anything, I owe a debt of gratitude to all the fantastic actors that I got to share a scene with. Paul, so gracious in his win. Congrats to him again for winning Best Actor in a Comedy Series. And congrats to Kim's Convenience on all its success over the years. Such an amazing Canadian show. The next award up was Best Comedy, and this went to Sort Of. And if you haven't seen the show Sort Of, you need to check it out. It's on CBC here in Canada, HBO Max in the United States. The show features a non-binary millennial trying to balance their role as a child of a Pakistani immigrant parents and a bartender at an LGBTQ bookstore and cafe. Uh, it stars Bilil Bey and is uh, created and produced by Fab Filippo. Now, uh, I had the opportunity to talk to both of them about the success of this show globally and Canadian comedy as a whole. The first person you'll hear is is Fab. Bilal is the, the second one in this clip. I'm going to say again, it's like it's it's the kind of tone of the show that I'm really proud is coming out of Canada and that we're doing this sort of mix of like comedy and drama and and that it is a bit genre busting uh, or genre bending, you know, mm -hmm. and um, and I'm just really, uh, I think it, it's a show that does speak on, uh, on an international level. And I, I, I'm, I'm so, uh, I'm, I, I'm so happy that it's being received as well as it's being received. But I would, I would add uh, quickly that I'd like, you know, the, the truth is that trans and non-binary people exist everywhere. And I think that um, bringing this show into, you know, the global market in that way, again, sends this message that we, we do exist, we're everywhere, and we can exist um, as honestly as we do. And, and I think that um, I, I love that what, what it means for so many people who this show has reached, who 
it may have not reached if, if it didn't if it if we didn't have those kinds of um releases globally and um yeah i think i'll stop talking there congratulations to jean on her Best Actress win at the Canadian Screen Awards. Congratulations to Paul on his Best Actor win in the comedy category at the Canadian Screen Awards. And congratulations to everyone who has worked on Sort of uh, for winning Best Comedy at the Canadian Screen Awards. And thanks again to the Canadian Academy for having me to the Screen Awards. Let me do the press thing. It was a lot of fun, really, really cool. And if you haven't seen Kim's Convenience or you haven't seen Sort of, go watch both of those shows immediately. Turn this off and go watch them. They're amazing. A lot of big things are coming out of Canada right now. Okay, next up, I have a full-length interview with the very funny Simon Rakoff. Simon is a stand-up comedian. He's been doing it since 1978. He's appeared at Just for Last, the Halifax Comedy Fest, uh, the Winnipeg Comedy Fest. He's also been on Definitely Not the Opera, As It Happens, uh, The Debaters, all across. He's done stand-up all across this great country. Very happy to have him on. Very happy to have him on to talk about one of our nominees, and that is Joanna Downey. I'll give you a little background here on Joanna. Joanna was known as a comics comic. She hosted a legendary Wednesday night open mic at Toronto Spirits Nightclub that had a reputation that attracted major stars like Robin Williams, uh, Louis Black, Patton Oswalt. Uh, unfortunately, Joanna passed away in 2016 of ALS. She was known for her signature laugh, which, which Simon uh, remembers fondly here in, in this interview. Had a great time talking to Simon, who's a stand-up veteran. I actually learned a, a ton from him when talking about the early days of Yuck Yucks and, and Joanna's career. It was a lot of fun. Here it is. Enjoy the interview with Simon Rakoff. First, I kind of want to I want to talk about you. This is the anniversary month of you That's doing right. stand-up for the first time. Um, That's right. In in 1978. So how did, how did you get your start in stand-up? Well, I, I mean, I was always a funny kid, you know, I'd always be doing stuff at summer camp and stuff like that. Right. But yeah. Um, but basically the first club opened in Toronto in 1978, the first comedy club. And I went, I don't know, probably a couple of weeks into it opening and signed up for, uh, there was no amateur night. Uh, the amateurs went on after the regular show because there were almost none of us. I mean, every week, maybe two people would say, I'd like to try this. And so they do the show and then they'd say, and if you want to stick around, we've got a couple of people who want to try. And that's, that's how I started. What was, the, what was the name of that club? It was Yuck Yucks on Bay Street. Okay, so it was, it was the kind of the original Yuck Yucks. The original. We, we talk a lot with, with comedians on the show about who their influences were growing up. Did you have any like comedy influences growing up? Yeah, who, who, uh, who, all monsters, as it turns out, (laughs) all monsters, yeah, Woody Allen, Bill Cosby. (laughs) That's who I listened to. Yeah, history, history is not looking favorably on them right now, but there there are a lot of people's growing great albums. Yeah, (laughs) a little later, Richard Pryor, you know, but I mean, I was always a fan of old style comedy too. I love Jack Benny, I thought was brilliant. and um but you know in terms of modern stand-up those were the first guys and carlin you know i heard his albums um and then later on i found a lot of people you know but but those were sort of the original woody allen's nightclub years very heavily influenced me it's funny i don't for me woody allen was a movie director right i kind of forget that like stand-up was a huge huge part of his his career well that's how he started i mean yeah yeah he became a movie maker he you know 
didn't need stand up, but yeah, but his yeah. jokes were fantastic. His bits were amazing. So uh, we're here to talk about uh, you, of course, but also uh, Joanna Downey. I'd rather when... talk about Joanna Downey. <laughs> yeah, no, Joanna was absolutely worthy worthy of talking about. When did you meet Joanna for the first time? I'm bad with dates, but I imagine I met her, you know, pretty much when she started. I mean, I was a Spirits regular, so um, Spirits was the Wednesday night uh it was a bar on church and uh and just below bloor uh and it uh it's no longer there but it was uh wednesday night it was a comedy night there and everybody would show up it was just see the thing is there's this schism in canadian comedy unfortunately um i don't know if you know about this but in stand up basically um there's a policy at, at, at the one club that you only work for them and mm-hmm. nobody else. Right. And, uh, and then there's the rest of us who work wherever we want. And so it creates a sort of divided scene where there's, there's two scenes essentially, but spirits was no man's land. Everybody went to spirits every week. And so it was a great place to just hang out and be, be in the scene without any of the politics or the, or the, the schism involved. And um, Joanna was the spirit of spirits. I mean, she right. was amazing. She booked the show, she hosted the show, and she had a unique way of treating everybody or mistreating everybody, I guess, in the most kindly but mean way you can imagine. You know, it didn't matter if you were the third time you'd ever done stand up or you'd been doing it for 40 years, Joanna was dismissive and kind in the same measure to everybody. And uh, the audience loved her. I mean, she was the glue that held it together and brought them in. You have to remember, most of us do our act repeatedly. I mean, we do our act for years. We change it up. But, you know, Joanna was doing it for the same exact regulars every single week. And every single week, she had a whole new act. Wow. And every single week, she would say to me before she went on, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. And then she would go on and she'd do 40 minutes on what happened to her on the way to the club that night. And it was hilarious. Open mics come and go. What made that one at Spirits so successful for so many years? Was it the spirit of Joanna herself? Well, I would credit her a lot with it. Partly it was mm-hmm. that it's right on the hub of the two main subway lines. So, right. you know, access was good. Um, also, Wednesday's not a huge night in comedy. So, you know, it's not, it's like, it's likely that many people have a night off. So it's a good night to show up at the club. Um, uh, and just the fact, again, she booked it well. She booked always a lot of really experienced, good comics who she knew would do well and a bunch of newish people so that you'd see something new. And it reminded you of the danger of it, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and she would keep it together. And, you know, that laugh of hers was just unbelievable. Joanna had this piercing bark of a laugh that broke through, you know, even the other laughter when somebody got a huge laugh, you'd still hear Joanna's. And even funnier was when somebody was, doing badly and Joanna laughing at their pain would make everybody (laughs) laugh and enjoy it. 
You talked about uh, some of the people that would go there. I mean, Derek Edwards, Sean Cullen, Deborah DiGiovanni, and even Robin Williams showed up on her 40th birthday. Were you there the night Robin Williams? Well, came? he was there a bunch of times. Oh, he was. Okay. He and Louis Black were in town right. making uh, that crappy Man of the Year movie where he's elected president. Yep. Yep. And, um, and uh, so they dropped by every week just about and did time. You know, so I was, yeah, I, I saw them bunches of times. It was actually a bit of a pain in the ass because when they were in town, people found out. And so the place that was sort of our hangout suddenly became jam-packed. You yeah. know, it was it was hard to get in even. And, uh, Tough to get a drink on Robin Williams night. Exactly. You know, everybody went, oh my God, you can see Robin Williams for free on this, at this place downtown. And so everybody started showing up. You know, like yeah. when there were rumors that the Stones would show up at the Alma Combo and suddenly it was jammed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, they wouldn't show up. But <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, so it, it like created that. a buzz. Are not big supporters generally of the comedy scene here. Suddenly we're very excited about it. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it was cool. And a lot of people dropped by. I mean, it, because it, you know, comedians are always looking for where are the comedians when you go to another town. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you're not at home, at least, you know, if you go to the comedy club, there'll be comedians around and you'll at least have that in common with, you know, in a strange place. Exactly. Comedians like to hang out with comedians, right? Yes, we uh, her nickname was mama for yes. a lot of people. Do, do you know where that nickname came from? Uh, well, I don't know who gave it to her, but I mean, it definitely came from the fact that she was like the mama of the scene. You know, she treated everybody, like I say like her kids, you know, mm. in the sort of scolding, teasing, loving way that a mother treats her children. She treated comedians that way, you know? I mean, it didn't matter. It didn't matter who you were, you know, if she said you do 10 minutes and you do 12 minutes, Joanna was going to say, okay, that's too much. Yeah. Get off. Uh, and if you did badly, she was going to be up there making fun of you for having done badly. You describe her like, and I want to get this right, like the old-timey body saloon hostess of Western cinema, welcoming and insulting in one breath. Was it that sentiment that made that's her such a the, great... Uh, that's from the Globe and Mail, right? The, right, uh, correct. Wives yeah. Lived, yeah, when she yes. died, I wrote a... Yeah, you wrote, wrote a, a, a great a great piece on her. It, it, it was, it was uh, really, it was very really well done. constrained by the requirements of the paper. But, um, but, you know, I tried to get her 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 spirit out there um yeah you know i always think of like may west kind of character a sort of yeah or, or diamond lil you know like you can imagine these sort of tired gold prospectors coming into the town at the end of the night and just let me relax and she's just like hello boys like she had that <laughs> sort of that sort of old time dame broad personality you know right that, that very few people have I, I, I've never got, got to see her perform live, but I, I've watched, you know, countless of her, of her YouTube. Um, and she definitely had that, that sentiment. You could tell what, what made her such a, such a great host. Do you uh, kind of moving on to, to other comedians? Is there, there anybody else kind of in the Toronto scene, maybe not as known like Joanna didn't have that like national name, but obviously she's so revered among comedians that you would say that person needs to be in the hall of fame besides yourself, of course, I, I mean, I would say you you would have Hall of Fame credentials. Your you, the length of your career and yeah, if I get really sick or die, I'm sure they'll think of it. But <laughs> I, 
honestly, nothing matters less to me than that kind of stuff. Just right. to be clear, I've never, I've never been up for a comedy award, which because yeah. I don't nominate myself, and I, and I'm not interested in being nominated for it. Um, you know, we're all working together. It's more. I've always likened it more to the circus than to, than to uh, superstardom. Mm. You know, we're all in it together. People come out to see a comedy show, and, yeah. and they don't really know who's on. And in this country, even, I mean, again, 44 years, nobody really knows who I am. And I'm good with that. I yeah. like to live my life quietly and, and, you know, do my show and then be able to go into a store and not have anybody <laughs> bother me. Yeah. Um, you know, once in a while, somebody will come up to me on the street and go, hey, you're really funny. And I'll go, thanks, that's very nice. But <laughs> I don't have to worry about being, you know, surrounded. But as a person who should be in the Hall of Fame, I would say Kenny Robinson. Right. Uh, yep. You know, who's, uh, they call him the godfather, but he, he, in a similar way, has fostered a million young comics, mm -hmm. many of color, right? I mean, he's, he's, he, he runs what he calls his Nubian, he used to call it NDP, Nubian Disciples of Prior. Um, oh wow yeah I, I know i know about the nubian show i didn't know that was the original name but for it's it. been going on for a million years and yep. so many people have been uh not just put on but sort of supported and encouraged and made who they are by kenny who also you know is again around my age and mm -hmm. uh you know we're men in our 60s and still writing new stuff all the time and yep. still very much on the scene and in the pulse of what's happening. You know, he's not one of these guys who, you know, is still out there doing his act from 20 years ago going, how come nobody's laughing? He's so I would say Kenny is definitely a, a, a worthy recipient of that. Um, yeah, I've uh, I've had calls with Ken Kenny's actually the president of the Canadian comedy hall of fame oh well then uh, he may be able to do something about this yeah he, i think he can, he, can, he can do a nomination <laughs> or something get himself in there very funny guy uh, hilarious and you're right stand up always fresh new um you know and he's been doing it doing it for so long what name i know that you're performing with next week by the time this comes out people will um still have a chance to to see you in burlington for the cocktail hour sean colin another another oh, Canadian yeah, legend. Sean. sean sean's great so i think he's a probably a future hall of famer at this point too you know what um, i don't understand how that works and again i never really followed sports so yeah. i don't have the analogy for it even in my head of how it works yeah um, is it longevity is it what you've done for the business is it you know I, I don't really know yeah it's kind of a host of things longevity what you've done and uh nominated by by your peers mainly so um right. that's kind of what what, what gets again, you in i can't think of anything less important to me <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, whatever, I, I, again, I do it, I do it for, uh, and I always have for what I, you know, I, I just love it. I've always loved it. I've never not loved it. And the magic of it is it's always hard. Yeah. You know, the, the good thing about comedy is you're never just up there bored, <laughs> phoning right. it in. Like, I mean, Steve Martin actually gave it up because it wasn't hard anymore. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, like he, it wasn't even comedy anymore because they just right. shrieked at whatever he said. And he said, this is not what this is supposed to be. It's supposed I to be a challenge to make them laugh. I saw a thing where uh, it was a Steve Martin. He was doing one of the shows at like the height of his career and you couldn't even, he couldn't even hear jokes because people were just screaming the whole time. 
Exactly. It, it was it was insane. Well, like um, the Beatles stopped touring because they said, "What's the point? Nobody hears us." Mainly, your your whole career. I mean, you're Canadian. You're born in South Africa, but you're Canadian. You focus your career in Canada, and you haven't done much in the states. I know you said you went, you did a show in Houston before, didn't love it. What is it about maybe Canadian audiences or doing comedy in here that ha- has kept you here? Well, the main reason I've stayed here is I couldn't really get work papers to work in the States. I mean, okay. I, would have, yeah. I would have definitely liked to have worked in the States. I would never want to live there particularly. Right. Um, you know, I mean, I like Canada a lot, but mm-hmm. it's a ridiculous place for artists. I mean, you know, we scrape by and, and again, like I say, nobody knows who we are. Um, I have deep resentment of a lot of the, the media, for instance, that, you know, will cover the Bruce Springsteen show when he comes to town as though he needs more, you know, yeah. more sales, but you know, uh, you know, they, they won't mention that I put out an album, <laughs> you know, I, I, I desperately begged the media to, to listen to what I had to say. And now magazine listened and gave me a nice review, but mm-hmm. you know, the national media or the big daily papers, they have no interest in Canadian entertainers until they break elsewhere, at which point suddenly it's, you know, and this has been, of course, the problem for decades. I mean, yeah. centuries that until you're well known elsewhere, they are not interested. But, you know, that's why there's no system here or, or star system, because nobody cares to acknowledge it. Absolutely. And, and just the way the system is set up. I mean, in the States, you know, every show, every network would have scouts looking for talent. Mm-hmm. They go to the clubs, they go to the shows, they want to see who's out there, what's going on, who might be, you know, worth investing in. And in Canada, they don't know who we are. They don't send anybody out to watch us or hear us. There's nobody going to shows in the hopes of finding somebody. They're more in the business of rejecting any ideas that come locally. I mean, what's Canadian television? Family Feud Canada? Yeah. Canada's Got Talent? Yeah, the great. The amazing race, Canada. I mean, to me, those aren't Canadian shows. They're just shows that they stick the word Canada on. Yeah. And they get their CanCon credit. Right. Well, that's there. my point. You know, it's yeah. about how little can we spend to be able to continue to broadcast cheap product from elsewhere and make money as opposed to investing in the actual arts. What, what's what's kind of next for you? So, I mean, you've been doing this for 40 years. You're just continuing to do it. I'm thinking the, uh, 45 years. For, you're yeah. Gonna, yeah, yeah. Really <laughs> nice way to do it. Uh, do, well, no, I've do, never do, wanted really to do anything else. I mean, right. I, I would have loved to have made a movie, you know, but yeah, but I've worked collaboratively. You know, I've worked on shows as a writer mm-hmm. and, and things. And frankly, it's frustrating. I'm not a patient person. I, I've got my own standard of what I consider art. And, you know, the, the downside of stand-up is it's very minimal. There's no right. props. There's no sets. There's no nothing. But the upside is I get to be writer, director, producer, and star. And it's exactly how I see it every time. <laughs> thanks. Thanks so much for, for hopping on for a few minutes with me and talking about Joanna and Canadian comedy and, and all that stuff. I, I really, well, I really Joanna, appreciate your time more than deserves to be a, a face that we remember forever. And if Absolutely. there could be a recording of her laugh, if there is an actual physical Hall of Fame, I don't know if there ever will be. Hopefully there, someday soon. There yeah. ever was, just the idea of people approaching an emotion sensor triggering, triggering her laugh would be so fantastic. 
I will uh, I will insert her laugh into this episode so people Please. will get a sense of it for sure. Absolutely. Thanks again. I really appreciate it. Pleasure talking with you. I do not trust anyone that never drinks alcohol. Hear me out. <laughs> Hear me out. I am what you call a binging alcoholic, right? I go out, I get loaded, I pass out, I black out. The next day I go, ooh, what did I do, right? Make a couple of calls, Facebook, by four o'clock I've got a story, people, it keeps me occupied, I don't got a day job. I need something to do. You're laughing way too hard at that one. What I discovered is people that don't drink have something called a memory. Now, for my 40th birthday, I celebrated for about six weeks. I'm very popular in the GTA. <laughs> and on the Sunday, I went for brunch with a dear friend of mine. And I realized now, friends, in hindsight, that she was fancying herself having some kind of intervention. Yeah. Because she looks at me and she says, you know, Joanna, you got so hammered last night, you ended up dancing on the bar in your bra. I know. I denied it because I couldn't. But then I forgot she has a Jesus camera in her cell phone, eh? And she goes for the little reveal, flips her open, points, hmm? My reaction? Oh my God, my tits are fantastic. I have no idea. <laughs> You're not laughing, sweet baby. Three years ago in Toronto, I won a wet t-shirt contest. What do you think about that? All the other girls wore the t-shirts. Stupid bitches, I won. <laughs> Couldn't find a good clip of Joanna's laugh, so I decided why not throw in a little bit of her stand-up instead, and, and people can hear how she made other people laugh. Thanks again to Simon Rakoff for coming on and talking a bit about Joanna. That's our second episode of kind of highlighting nominees. I'm hoping to do it a lot more here coming up until the announcement of who's actually in the hall for the class of 2022, which happens July of this year. So get out there, vote canadiancomedyhall.com. Thanks to the Canadian Screen Awards for having me and letting me join in the press room. I, re I really, really appreciate it. It was a ton of fun. Thanks again to Simon Rakoff for helping me uh, highlight Joanna Downey and her nomination for this year's award. Simon is a lot of fun. We'll see you next week. Big guests coming. Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to the Canadian Comedy Hall of Fame podcast.